Here's the Michael Dupree Variety Hour. Getting variety with Michael Dupree. Damn, I have a new theme song. <laughs> yeah, you do. You right. played that one for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> oh, Anytime brother. you need a theme song, just bring me on. Uh, yeah, now I know that. <laughs> Michael Dupree. Variety hour, getting variety with Michael Dupree. Yeah, yeah, throw some body in. Yes, yes. <laughs> variety, 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 variety. That's the Dupree. <laughs> Being engulfed by the flames, you're on fire. <laughs> oh, brother. All right, uh, we are live in three, two. Welcome everybody in the world to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour on every podcast provider in and around god's beautiful blue green orb that we call planet earth i'm your dad michael dupree and it is april 13th uh easter monday happy birthday jesus happy reincarnation birthday jesus um how are you doing big guy (laughs) mr jesus oh man Uh, so uh, you know i'm going to continue to uh be clear that this episode is recorded 11 days ahead of when it's being released. <laughs> so, because I have made mistakes in the last couple of weeks of recording weeks ahead and talking about how great things are, uh, and then a colossal quarantine happens and a pandemic. So, I'm not going to make that mistake again. So, who knows where the world's going to be <laughs> in 11 days, but hopefully it's not too much I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm, just, it's just, I'm just like, at this point, everything I say is just a, an omen, an ill omen to the world. I, I'm convinced that I brought this. I, am, I brought this pandemic upon the world just from jinxing it. <laughs> not doing it again. Uh, but if you've never listened to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour before, it is an art showcase and comedy show where we feature local musicians, painters, poets, artists, sculptors, directors, writers, and more. Uh, and again, there are several of those things that I've never actually had on the show. But you got to be aspirational. Never had a sculptor on the show still. But you got to you gotta hope. You got to reach for the stars, baby. And it's also the world's only mandatory podcast. We have a wonderful show for you guys today. Uh, later on, we'll be joined by Lil Cutlet. Uh, she's a country singer superstar. Uh, so very excited to have her on the show. Uh, and we also have a very fun game uh, based around cults later uh, that uh, you're not going to want to miss, all right? Uh, and, but right now, we are joined by a longtime friend of the show and me. Uh, he is a delicious little morsel of a man. Uh, and he is an actor, comedian, musician, improviser. Just an overall talented mensch. A mensch, that's right. 
Please welcome Sam Meyer. Yay! Hi, Michael Dupree. How are you, baby? I'm, all things considered, I'm doing well. Uh, every morning lately has been in, has been awesome because every night, because I, I have this thing where I have insomnia, so I go to bed really late. Uh, I can't get to sleep. So by the end of the day, my entire body is weak. Uh, I feel like I'm dying. I always like have congestion and stuff like that before I go to bed. And so every night I think I'm going to wake up dying with this thing. <laughs> But That's then I wake up and it's all gone, and I'm like, "Oh, and great. it's all gone, and you're better." Yeah, like I like the last couple of nights I've gone to sleep with like a major headache, and I've been like, "Oh no, this is it." But then I wake Here, up. Miss Rona got me. Yeah, that yeah, Miss Rona, she's she came for me, but uh, I I said yeah. swerve. I said swerve, Miss Rona. You said swerve. You swerved on Miss Rona, and here you yeah. are. Here I am, still Perhaps still living in breathing. You know what? I, I'm saying I'm jinxing myself again. I'm saying right now, here I am, still living and breathing. Turns out this episode is being released post mortem. <laughs> oh man. Well, we'll <laughs> That'd be sad. It, we'll play it at your funeral, and it'll be a great episode. You'd have to sing at my funeral. I will obviously sing at your funeral. What would um, you sing if I uh, if if you sang at my funeral? Honestly, the first song that comes to mind is the seminal classic Mariah Carey's Touch My Body. <laughs> um, also, um, Peaches, Fuck the Pain Away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mind, certainly. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you're a classic man, Michael mm-hmm. Dupree. You're all about the classics. And so um, I think after these past 10 seconds of thought... Um, the correct song would be Milkshake by Khalees. Yeah. That, uh, like a really beautiful, gorgeous choral arrangement of Milkshake. <laughs> My milkshake. Full like, like SATB or like what? Are we talking? Uh... I'm talking full SATB. Okay. We might have to zoom in the choir, but, um, you know, we'll do what we have to do. I, you know, uh, so we're, are we talking like just regular soprano, alto, tenor, bass, or are we talking like, Soprano one two, Alto oh, yeah. one two. Michael Dupree, I think you know you're the kind of human who deserves eight part harmonies minimum. So, Thank you. yeah. So I mean, like, no. <laughs> Picturing an eight part harmony to Calicles's milkshake is killing me right now. Yeah. No, that's but that like, will be the death of me. That will be the resurrection of you. If anything's <laughs> going to bring you back from the dead. It is an eight-part choral arrangement of Khalees' milkshake. That'll be my Easter Monday. That'll be your <laughs> Easter Monday. <laughs> Great. Oh man. <laughs> what? Are, what do you? I know you are in a. You're in a men's chorus. Uh, I'm not. I'm not actually. It was. It was. But I will say that my time in the men's chorus very much inspired my own. Uh, my my film that we are here to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I loved my time in the men's chorus. Um, I have nothing negative to say about my experience. It was wonderful for me. I just as I focused more on my personal projects, I'm finding it's a big commitment. It's a big, it's a big commitment. commitment, you know. Um, and I am looking to focus more on my career and you know developing myself as in all around i you know i was thinking about this the other night and you know we've got our we've got our double threats we've got our triple threats and i feel that i pose so many threats at this point i should just be all caps 
threat. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Meyer is a threat. You're the I'm ultimate the threat. You're the axis of, the, <laughs> of, of, of entertainment. Well, that's the nice thing. If you're a single threat, does that just mean you're a threat? Or is it if you have a multitude of threats, then you're just all caps threat? I think you're just like a, so you're saying like if you're a threat in just like one field, like yeah. you're, I think you're just like a, a focused threat. You're a like focused, a, like you're a targeted a threat. threat. <laughs> yeah. Because you gotta imagine it's like that Jack of all trades, master of one thing or whatever. I don't know. Uh, it's master of none, isn't it? It is. It's okay. I'm so dumb. No, Michael Dupree, don't say that about yourself. Well, well I was bringing it up because I was wondering, like, what part you sang? Like, what was your, uh, when you were in the choir? What? Oh, so I am a range? tenor one. Oh, yeah, baby. I tenor, baby. That's tenor babies. Oh, yeah. I was a soprano until eighth grade. Damn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. I held on to the, my, uh, my nubile vocal cords. Um, I said, no nature. I want to sing like a middle school girl. <laughs> when I was, uh, so I didn't start doing choir until 10th grade. Um, okay. And for 11th and 12th grade, I was in the advanced choir at high school because I was wow. so good. And we were actually, and I was tenor one as well. And we were voted the most obnoxious section two years in a row. Obviously. Because uh, we're tenors. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> For people who uh, don't understand Tenor is always the It's a way of life. Yes. It's a way of life. Okay. You are at the top of the male food chain. Okay. Mm -hmm. You have the like arena rock voice. Yeah. Always sing melody. I can't sing harmony to save my life. I'm terrible at it. Um, You are, you are the soloist. You're always singing the melody line. Like, of course you're going to have an ego. We are the sopranos of men. (laughs) I was a uh, uh, tenor one as well. Um, and yeah, we definitely had any, oh my God, a little dog. Yes, Sorry, he's Sorry for people listening. I, I can, I'm looking at Sam's camera and there's a very cute little dog on the screen now. It's Chuck. Oh my God. What a pup. What, what a, a pup. pup. So I wish cute. I had one of my cats in this room to, to, to show off, but uh, there. You share your pet hour. Yeah, not that, that's a good idea for a live stream, actually. I was actually talking, you know, um, I'm not going to spoil it, but a potential Planet Ant podcast with Sam Meyer and Alex Mites themed around dogs. Okay, I'm in. Sold. Cut and paste. Comedy gold. Comedy gold. Sam, uh, Alex, yeah. dogs. Yeah, I am into it. Uh, so for, for those of you, I mean, most of the people that listen to this podcast likely know who you are. But for those who aren't, uh, familiar with you, you say, let us know who you are and like uh, just a quick like summary. What's your story? Where, where, where are you from? What's your deal? Absolutely. So I grew up in an incredibly uh, conservative, some might say cult in Wisconsin. You would say cult. I would say cult. Yes. No, <laughs> I would, I would, I would also say cult. Um, far right wing church school bunker scenario. Um, not not as much on the bunker side. I you know, but it's it's it, it felt was like very, a bunker. It was, it was like very, adjacent bunker. It was adjacent. very bunker. It was bunker adjacent. Um, and then I went to college in Nebraska for mm-hmm. business and East Asian languages and culture. Um, I lived in China for a hot minute, 
And then I moved to the beautiful city of Detroit about four years ago, where I started pursuing comedy at Planet Ant, uh, because I didn't know anyone. And I was looking for a way to meet people. And um, I'd always been a performer. I started doing, um, I remember like the first, well, okay, there were the country club fashion shows and Oscar Mayer Wiener auditions when I was <laughs> a little babe. Um, but after I left fashion behind me, it's a toxic industry. Mm-hmm. Um, after I left the competitive world of country club fashion shows behind me, um, I started doing stage shows around 10 years old and I have been performing ever since. And so when I found comedy, it was really exciting because it was um, a way that I could take a lot more ownership of the whole situation. You know, I got to make my own plays. And um, so I actually, um, my mental health was down the toilet after a couple of years, not because of the comedy. Um, I hated the corporate world. And um, shortly after I left my job, um, my comedy partner, Anthony Douglas, and I won Colony Fest mm-hmm. uh, with our duo, The Gay Agenda. Uh, we Best went thing to- ever. Thank you so much. <laughs> we produced our one-act musical, Camptastic. Um, we've done a lot of live stage shows. Uh, since then, I have helped produce and act in um, several Alex Knows It All shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done short films. I did America's Got Talent. I got to call Simon Cowell Daddy. He loved it. NBC did not. Um, which leads <laughs> Yeah, to- I don't know that story yet. What, oh, I, you don't know that story? Okay. You told so, me the beginning of it because like the last time you were on, I think off record, you had told me that you were going to be on it. Um, yes. And then I heard that you called Simon Cowell Daddy, but that's all I know about that. Do we want that story real quick? I would love that story real quick. Okay. So um, we'll start with, I was um, before, okay. I had gone through probably um, three or four different rounds of auditions uh, before this. And so I made the top 200 out of 70,000 contestants who auditioned for the show. Um, So at that point, they fly you out to LA from wherever you're from and uh, they do the full film panel. You're on set, you know, they do hours and hours and hours of audition of, um, like audition videos and interviews. So um, my first day I was there, I spent, I think, 10 hours filming just background stuff, interviews, hanging out with other contestants. Um, But so the day of, I think I waited around for 13 hours doing nothing in the waiting room. Um, and then, and then once they call you, it happens very quickly. So like, okay, Sam, you're up. I dragged me out of the waiting room. Um, before I knew it, I had rounded the corner and Terry Crews was standing in front of me. Also, I'd like to point out that Terry Crews seems like he's like an enormous human being, right? Mm -hmm. He's not. That man is a machine. He is lithe. Okay. And there is, there is no bulk there. It is like pure. I would be terrified to like, I feel like he could rip me in half with his (laughs) arms. Okay. Like the arms are very bulky, but like the waist is like like a whip. Okay. Like just like pure, pure muscle. It was, it was beautiful to watch. Was he not wearing any clothes? (laughs) Um, well, I mean with the clothing that Terry Crews wears, you can see a lot. I see. Um, Okay. And I thanked him for that. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Terry Crews, I would like to point out is one of the most well moisturized men I have ever seen in my entire life. 
Um, Cause in about the, the 10 minutes that I was backstage, um, I saw him moisturized by his assistant twice. <laughs> um, it was incredible. Uh, he was just there like, Oh, you look a little dry. And they would just slather him in cocoa butter. <laughs> um, so I'm chatting with Terry before I go on stage and it was great. I was like, I'm from Detroit. He's like, I'm from Flint. And I was like, well, it's Ferndale. And he's like, it's basically Detroit. Um, so that was like very fun to chat with him. And, uh, you know, he told me that he wanted to work with me, which I'd love, but, oh my God. um, I know I'm like, I want to work with you, Terry Crews. Yes, please. Um, so Terry Crews though, shakes my hand and pushes me out on stage. Um, now I was just so distracted by his beautiful chocolateness that I completely didn't rec- realize that they had put the correct mics on me. They were still setting me up while I was chatting with him. Um, so here I am thinking I don't have a mic. And also my hand was completely covered in Terry Cruz's lotion after <laughs> shaking his hand, completely covered. And my act, um, you may have seen my song before. I was yeah. performing my original song, I Want My Therapist to Like Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Sam Meyer classic in my stand-up, uh, in my musical stand-up. So I have my ukulele in one hand. I'm walking out on the stage, like, trying to wipe my hand off on my jacket and not have the judges think I'm weird. Uh-huh. Um, so before I'd gone out on the stage, my producer had told me, you know, Sam, you don't need to force anything, but I, ha- I had a lot of great stories to sort of connect with the judges. So she goes, if you see a gap, go for it. So I walk out on stage, I'm waving, you know, being cute. Hi. Um, and the first person to say hello to me is Simon Cowell. Now, Simon Cowell has been an, an idol of mine. He's been sort of a mainstay uh, for probably 16 years at this point since I started watching American Idol when I was younger. I mean, it's sort of, there's an achievement in and of itself of I got to perform for Simon Cowell. Yeah. You know, and, and he, he judged me and it was, it was a very special moment for me in that sense. So I, uh, I walk out on stage and Simon says, hello. And I go, Simon Cowell, I have waited 15 years to be judged by you. And I have one thing to say. Hi, Daddy. <laughs> and he melted. The audience melted. I mean, it was a beautiful moment. So we were off to a great start. Simon turned a bright shade of red. It was wonderful. I loved it. Um, but then I moved on to the judges. So next we had, um, we had, um, why am I not thinking of their names now? Uh, Julianne Huff is who we had next. Um, Dancing with the Stars, country singer, Footloose. Um, I know her. I, and I, back in the day, had wanted to be a professional ballroom dancer for a minute when I was in high school. And so I knew Juliet or Julianne Huff. So I go, Julianne, like, I love you. Like I did ballroom dance. Like you were one of my big inspirations. I actually have your workout DVD and I used it in high school and I did a little move from her workout DVD and she was like, let's get fit and dance together. So it was her tagline. So that was super fun. Uh, and then we move on to, um, and now it's, it's, honestly killing me that I can't um, give me, uh, I can't think of her name at the moment. Uh, what's um, her, oh, it's her name. It's the Heidi Klum. Gabrielle Union. There we go. Gabrielle Union. Oh, wait, that was, yeah. Okay. 
no, no. So Gabrielle Union, um, famous for starring in the Bring It On movie, mm-hmm. uh, or the original Bring It On movie, the only important Bring It On movie, except for the third one, which is spicy and has the best dancing. Um, <laughs> so Gabrielle Union, I get to her and I go, Gabrielle, is it cold in here? There must be some clovers in the atmosphere. I go, oh, we, oh, we, oh. It's one of her cheers from the movie. And she goes, ice, 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 baby. <laughs> and then I get to Howie Mandel and I say, Howie, um, you're obviously a highly respected comedian. I'm sorry I don't have any personal you know, stories like that with you, but I was really hoping that I could rub your head for good luck. And now Howie Mandel is a famous germaphobe. He does mm-hmm. not let people touch him. Uh, but he sort of had this look on his face like, eh, whatever. And he ran down to the stage. So I'm kneeling at the edge of the stage, moaning loudly and rubbing Howie Mandel's head. Um, this is the situation I found myself in um, and loving every minute of it. His head was lovely. It was not oily at all. Um, it was just like a nice, dry, like fun, stubbly, bald head, you know? Yeah, yeah. Kind of, it just it feels good. feels good to rub, rub that kind of head. Um, so I did my song. They loved it. Um, Simon Cowell called me the future of comedy. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, I mean, I got four yeses from the judges. And so you're like, well, Sam, then why aren't you on America's Got Talent? Um, and that's because NBC really didn't like me. Wow. Um, it was production loved me. The judges loved me. But whoever the men in suits are behind the scenes, we're not a fan. So... Uh, they actually cut me. We filmed the whole moment where, you know, I like the judges send me through to the next round and everything's happy. And then NBC called me a couple of weeks later and was like, well, actually, you don't get to be on the show. God. That's yeah, which is hard. It sucks. But like, I got my moment with Simon Cowell. That was the important part for me. Um, and it actually really, that whole experience inspired uh, my film, which we're now going to talk about, because um, it was it was dark, it was depressing for a while. I was like, I'm I'm talented enough. Like, there's no reason um, that people who were getting fewer yeses than me, um, or whose acts weren't as good as mine, like why they should have gone through. Um, except, you know, to a degree, homophobia. Mm-hmm. Um, I present as aggressively gay, but not necessarily the right type of gay. Sure. For a for a network show. And you hear a lot of gay comics talk about this, that it is a very difficult industry for us um, because people have expectations of what they want to see in a gay man who's performing. Um, and there are those expectations in the gay community as well. Uh, masculinity, femininity, uh, weight, race. Uh, it's It can be a, a very restrictive environment. And... Um, one of the people that I took a lot of inspiration from was rapper, actress, and producer Issa Rae. Um, I love Issa Rae. I love her show Insecure. I think Black Lady Sketch Show, which she produces, is a triumph. Um, And she said something to the effect of, I got tired of waiting for other people to give me permission. No one was going to give me the opportunity, so I made it for myself. Um, And that's really where I'm heading. So my current project is a film that I wrote um, in part during the Planet Ant screenplay or screenwriting program. So Mm -hmm. shout out to the Ant, shout out to Dan Tice. Um, 
it was really, really excellent, but it was, um, I'm at a point now where I want to see how far I can push my comedy career and my writing career and my acting career. And, uh, what better way to do that than a feature film? Yeah. Oh, so, okay. So that was one of the questions. Um, I, okay. So do you, are you, you will be starring. Okay. So Pit, let me start over. I got a lot of questions about this. Do it. Right, so pitch, please. Uh, it's, it's, it's the it's, name of the film. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's uh, the based on your life, obviously. Uh, you come in from a cult in Nebraska and uh, you, you join an LGBT uh, plus men's chorus in, uh, in Ferndale. Correct. Um, yes. So you'll be, you will be co-directing and starring in this feature film. Correct. Yes. I have written it. I am producing it, I am co-directing, and I am starring in this damn film. <laughs> you, are, you are Issa Raying it. <laughs> I'm Issa Raying it. No, but it's like, I, I know what I want to make. Um, I feel very passionate, also I should put a disclaimer out there. Um, I feel very passionate about making queer media yep. um, because there is such a lack of representation in the media or like meaningful representation outside of, you know, the token gay character for flavor. Um, but I remember particularly when I was coming out because I'd had no exposure to anything queer. Um, it was, it was a scarier process and it was a difficult process because I was looking for quality queer cinema. Um, and it doesn't really exist there are very few examples of really quality uh, queer films. Um, and they're so often focused on a coming out story. A lot or, of trauma. And yes, and a lot of trauma. And it's like, I don't want to watch that all the time. Yeah. You know? Um, like, you can only get off to that scene uh, from Brokeback Mountain um on youtube in your parents house so many times before you say enough is enough <laughs> um you want more and yeah it was it was all these these like sort of indie gay films that i was watching were trauma films or softcore porn mm -hmm. um and while i do see myself being in softcore porn at some point <laughs> now is not the day yeah <laughs> um so I really, my, my passion in, um, in being a filmmaker and, and a writer is to make quality queer content um, that people can just be joyful about. You know, our world is stressful enough as is. You know, give people something to be happy about. Um, and one of the things, like, this Pitch Please is very exciting for me because it is um, in many ways an homage to all the gay shit that I love, uh, to a lot of it. So you're gonna see that one of the big inspirations was Drop Dead Gorgeous, um, the film starring a young Kirsten Dunst and a slightly less young Kirstie Alley. Um, you get young Amy Adams, it's wonderful, but it's about a beauty pageant in small town Minnesota. And I love one of the things I love in film and in my life growing up in a small town in the Midwest is how people in middle America tend to fixate and overhype 
things that really don't matter. Like these are very like small potatoes sort of prizes. So uh, to give you a little overview of Pitch Please though, Sam freshly emerged from the cult, joins this gay choir and um, he's, he's looking for community. He's something he's never really had before, a sense of belonging. And uh, as the choir goes out for drinks at their local gay bar every week, and there's a karaoke competition at the local gay bar. Um, but Pronto, for those of you who are familiar in the area, uh, Pronto in Royal Oak, and because uh, that was the first gay bar I ever went to. Um, and so, and it's been fun sort of incorporating pieces of my own queer journey in this, but um, same goes to the gay bar, they have a competition. Uh, you can win a weekend run of your own cabaret and $500, and you know that these queens are like cutting each other's throats to try and win this like this piddly diddly cabaret night, but they get to be the star. And that's what's exciting and it matters to them because this is the, this is the biggest it gets for them. And so we have our vicious queen of a choir director. We have some mean gays called the unicorns. Um, <laughs> they're the elite singers of the choir. Uh, we get uh, an appearance by uh, my roommate will be playing himself um, and also a character named Fat Cher. <laughs> um, I think really the star of the film is Fat Cher. What, what's Fat Cher's deal? Fat Cher is that she's loosely based on Cher and she's fat. Um, <laughs> no, Fat Cher is a voice impersonation that my roommate Josh will do. And it's the best terrible share impersonation you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, it's so bad, but it's so good. Um, and so that was the other fun thing is that working on this film, I was able to look at um, extraordinary, extravagant queer people I met in my journey to where I am now and say, well, there's no one else like this person. You know, I want that person in my film just because, like, that's interesting. Uh, the other one who I think you're somewhat familiar with um, is my friend John Sheffield, who is a professional Elton John impersonator. Mm -hmm. So you oh. will have Elton John and Fat Cher in this film. That, okay, uh, that moment that you, you, I'm assuming that's who you use in that one episode of The Gay Agenda. Correct, uh, yes. That is uh, one of my favorite, that's my favorite moment in the entire <laughs> In your entire web series, when that just that quick cutaway shot, unbelievable. Yep. unbelievable. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, and so this is also being uh, co-directed by you and also Christopher Jarvis. Um, yes, so Christopher Jarvis. We've got like a neat little trio here. Um, Christopher Jarvis, uh, who I worked with on Bruised Fruit, mm -hmm. a now award-winning um, short film. Fantastic. And, uh, we're also going to be getting this whole process is going to be really collaborative um i'm pulling a lot of people from the michigan film scene um and we typically don't have large budgets and uh i would like to have a budget for this yeah. not anything obscene but i am going to be um i've been working with a lot of local choreographers and musicians and just sort of figuring everything out. And so um, realistically going to try and raise about 50 to 60,000 for the project nice. um, because I want a really strong audition piece. You know, I want to take this, the goal with this film, um, assuming that we are all still here in 2022 
But the goal with this film would be to submit it for the 2022 festival circuit. Yeah. Um, and to show, you know, show Detroit has a spot on the map. Yeah. Uh, you know, really make it, make it competitive for all the people involved because everyone who I'm asking to do this wants to do film professionally, yeah. you know, wants to perform professionally. And so um, I'm going to try and give us the best shot possible, but uh, it's been really rewarding to hear who wants to help. Um, and also very exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people want to be involved and a lot of people are passionate about creating something um, that could, you know, help them get in front of someone who matters. Yeah. So, so uh, Oh, sorry. I, go ahead. I got off track there. Yes. Yeah, so Christopher Jarvis is going to be doing the cinematography. Um, Alex Mites as well as, as you know, we pair up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, is going to be helping with the directing as well. Um, her partner, Adam, happy birthday, Adam. You happy, birthday, Adam. happy birthday, Adam. <laughs> um, her partner, Adam, is helping me with production. Um, and the, sort of the list goes on from there. We've got a really exciting cast of uh, production people. Basically, the team is queer people, women, queer women, and frail white men. <laughs> Not in most I mean, that's, that is the uh, Detroit improv scene anyway. Yes, like physically, <laughs> like small, like emaciated white men. Yeah. And then just like women <laughs> and queers and queer women. That's the whole team. And almost all of the women have blue hair in production. I don't know what that's about either. People so, might think that you're being harsh about Adam, but he, that's how he would self-describe anyways. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, so you talked about, you know, raising uh, uh, money for, for the film. Um, what are, especially with this, the new situation going on in the world, what are uh, some ways that people can support you, um, uh, donate uh, events that they can participate in? Uh, what's the plan? Yeah, so we had a robust fundraising plan that, uh, surprise, surprise, has uh, completely sort of fizzled out. But um, <laughs> I grew up in a cult that was very focused on financial abuse, okay? I learned how to fundraise a dollar in first grade. Um, So it was funny when I saw the number, it didn't freak me out as much. I was like, okay, this is is what we have to do to make the film that we want to make. So let's do it. Um, So I am reaching out to, I've got a couple loopholes that I don't want to say too much about right now, just because um, I don't want to spoil anything. Things are, uh, things are in things plan. Are motion, things are in motion. I am um, working to coordinate with the ant, um, but I'm going to uh, go for a lot of corporate sponsorships for the film. Um, that's, I mean, certainly where my business background comes into play, um, but selling things like the like product placement, you know, going to alcohol reps and saying most of this movie takes place in a bar, you know, we will exclusively feature your alcohol for X number of dollars. Um, you know, drawing up those spec sheets and um, investment decks, whatever you want to call them, um, and being able to present to corporate customers is actually fun and kind of exciting for me. Yeah, that sounds um, exciting. And also not quarantine specific. They're going to have all this money and nothing to do with it. That's true. And they're probably going to be trying to think of different unique ways to 
uh, to advertise in this new world. <laughs> exactly. And where have we all gone to? The streaming services. Okay. We all on a platform, Hanny. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that another thing that you're looking into? Uh, speaking with different streaming services to see if they uh, might help fund it? Um, I don't know if they would necessarily help fund it. Um, I think, I, and I could be misunderstanding the process. If anyone has a connection to a streaming service that wants to fund a phenomenal film, please let me know. Um, no, I would look for distribution there afterwards, yeah. but I don't know that they would necessarily... Um, invest this early on yeah admittedly i have no idea how any of that stuff works <laughs> no it's it's been i've had to learn that's the thing yeah. is i've had to learn how all of this process works um i've had to be my own lawyer and banker although i will say accountant thank you jacqueline cherry for all your help another aunt favorite love, jacqueline cherry. love her so much what a wonderful human being um so but yes there's a lot of sort of self-teaching that has to go on um, to pull off a project like this. And I'm working very hard um, to make it happen. So, so there. I'm excited about it. How can people find you? How can people follow it, follow updates so, and support the it? The most important thing you can do right now is go on Facebook and like Pitch Please Film. You can also go on Instagram if you'd like. That is going to be our hub for posting all of our information about fundraisers. Auditions are going to happen. Um, I was so sad they were supposed to happen last weekend. They did not. Um, but uh, yes, that Pitch Please Film page is where we are going to be posting all of our updates. Um, so if you're interested in being in the film, if you are a, mostly we're looking for male singers whose on-camera age is 35 and below. Um, the cast of characters is almost entirely gay as well. So um, we'll probably be giving preference to queer performers since we don't have a lot of avenues necessarily where we can be gay on screen um, or anywhere. Um, so, but if you're interested, you know, feel free to reach out to the page or just follow the page. We'll be posting updated information. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's the big spot because we'll probably do a uh, a Kickstarter at some point. You know, we're going to be working. We're going to get all that fun stuff moving along but um for now we're just a little bit in a holding pattern sure awesome well thank you so much sam uh we will be back in just a moment uh with lil cutlet but first here's a word from one of our sponsors Oh, hello there. It's me, Ollie Ollie Oxenfree, stopping back to tell you about a revolutionary piece of machinery, and this one involves dairy. <laughs> Ever have those mornings where there's something missing? Or maybe a late night snack that is missing a topper? Well, look no further. With the attachable cheese slit, you can add flair to any meal day or night. Wow. Yes, you heard it here first, folks. The attachable cheeselet is a perfect stocking stuffer and will be the cutest accessory for a toaster. I didn't believe it myself, but when I popped the attachable cheeselet onto my toaster, my life changed. Take it from a real-life customer, Nadine. I didn't understand it at first. Where was I to put the attachable cheeselet? Would it be compatible with my toaster? But all of my questions were answered when I popped that puppy on and got to melting. Now... Every meal I have is equipped with a good old melty piece of Colby Jack. 
You're probably asking yourself, how does the cheese not turn into a melty piece of ass slush while in the attachable cheese slit? Well, with a revolutionary piece of machinery comes revolutionary science. They got the good ones on this for sure, my pudding pups. World-renowned scientist Gooba Real Stinky Cheese Jr. was invited to collaborate on the model of the attachable cheese slit, allowing for ultimate science satisfaction. Take it from Gooba Real Stinky Cheese Jr. himself. The inner walls of the slit not only are equipped with army-grade material, it is also indestructible. No amount of cheese could ever become a melty piece of ass slush while melting into a golden goodness in the attachable cheese slit. Science is never wrong. You heard it here, folks. You'll never have to worry about a mess on your hands with this brilliant slit. Just pop the attachable cheese slit onto your toaster and get melting today. Buy the attachable cheese slit in the next 20 minutes and receive a second one for free. Just call 1-800-WET-SLIT. Don't miss out on a deal of a lifetime. Call 1-800-WET-SLIT now. The makers of the attachable cheese slit are now responsible for any burns or traumatic experiences from the attachable cheese slit. Side effects of attachable cheese slit might involve diarrhea, ass cheese, love, falling in love with your dad, falling in love with your brother, falling in love with your tennis instructor, falling in love with your mother, falling in love with anybody with the middle name Rick, falling in love with your dentist, falling in love with a guy who doesn't even know his middle name, falling in love with a big bad boy, <laughs> watching carpool karaoke without being ironic about it, and getting a really, really bad rash in the middle of your stomach that your mommy says, oh, that's a big one, buddy. Oh, boy! My cheese is done! Mmm, cheddar cheese. Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. I am still joined here by Sam Meyer. How are you doing, baby I'm boy? Honestly, doing so well. I slathered myself in olive oil during the break. Yeah, I see. I feel like a human bullet. <laughs> what do you cook? Do you cook mostly with olive oil? I do, yeah. I use a lot of olive oil in my cooking. Uh, the Wisconsin in me is always like, just add a stick of butter. <laughs> I'm like, mm, maybe olive oil would be a better option. Yeah, uh, yeah. That olive oil is pretty much what I cook with exclusively. Although mm -hmm. I've, uh, I've been opening myself up more to vegetable oil lately. You can't be too picky. In these I, days. you know, it's it's these are these are quarantine times. These are depression times. These are recession times. You know, like don't discriminate against the other oils, but. Yeah. I do find, like, I like, like, a vegetable oil or a canola oil for certain things. It's certain uh, things, like potatoes. Uh, yeah. Extraordinary. Vegetable that higher smoke point. That yeah. higher smoke point. You needed to get that crispy tater. Wow, I never thought of it like that. I, I, I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know that was, hmm, you got to get the crispy tater. Got to get the crispy tater. You can't, you can't really deep fry things in olive oil. No. For several well, reasons. One, because that would be insanely expensive. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. cost-effective to deep fry in olive oil <laughs> yeah. and also gross that's gonna taste gross yeah you're probably right about that <laughs> anyway we are joined uh now by a country singer superstar very excited to have her on please welcome lil cutlet hi michael hi sam how y'all doing we're i'm doing great how are you doing sam i am doing better than a fresh bottle of jam in a cowboy boot Wow. Oh my God, that's better than any saying that I could ever come up with. Well, thank you so much. I, uh, I thought it sounded pretty fun myself. Woo-wee, it is good to be here with you all. 
Thank so, you so much for labeling me as a country superstar because I'll be honest, I'm not quite there yet. Well, to me, I'm you are. On it. Uh, you know, so, okay, so I guess kind of presumptively, you're a country singer superstar. Uh, but to me, you are. I'm a huge fan. I've been listening to your EP all week, uh, you know, constantly. Uh, it's very. <laughs> wow, that is really, really special. That is something. I wouldn't have even expected that. No, yeah, I am. I have not actually had the chance to listen to your single yet. Um, can you tell me what it's called? Oh, sure. I mean, I've just been working on stuff. It's been mostly just like a demo. Um, it's just called Lil Cutlet. Lil Cutlet. Oh, we love like an eponymous song. We love a self-named album song. Whatever. Uh, you're you're here to tell us what Lil Cutlet's all about. Yeah, that's right. I mean, my family don't really support me, so I'm just kind of feeling like this is something that is a journey that I got to go on alone at. Why do, Why doesn't your family support your journey? I don't know. They got their own stuff going on. I guess I understand, uh, but I wish that they did show me a little more love. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are in kind of tight quarters and always have been. Uh, so I do understand that sometimes people just don't get along that way. Yeah. Well, do they, do they not like your music? They don't really like nothing, in my opinion. It's hard really? to get to know them. We all kind of just live on this school bus of sorts, like sort of like an abandoned type, type school bus situation. Yeah, I, I'm seeing on your video, I thought you were, uh, you were just like on a public bus, but no, that's where you live? Yeah, this is uh, this is called a, uh, it's an abandoned school bus. I just call it home. Why? Why? So why do you guys live in an abandoned? How many of you live there? First of all, uh, it's about sixteen. Sixteen of you, and you guys are all related family members, yeah. Yeah, all of us are cutlets. All of you, you're all cutlets. But you cutlets are cutlets. Your family cutlet. name. Yeah, that's right. So there's a Papa Cutlet, uh, Nana Cutlet, Mama Cutlet. Uh, sister Cutlet, Little Sister Cutlet, uh, Brother Cutlet. Uh, there's a there's a uh, Barber Cutlet that Bar- the one that cut, cuts our hair. Oh. Um, I love that naming people for efficiency. You know, just name people for what they do. You know, I agree. I mean, it's just the name that I was given, so yeah, I'm just gonna so live up to that name. What kind of cutlet would Michael and I be? Oh, I call you, uh, let's say, Michael, you just be, uh, let's say, a microphone cutlet. Okay. Because I have a microphone. A microphone in front of you. Yeah. Mike for short. I love that. Mike, Mike for short, Mike Cutlet. Yeah. And I call Sam, Sam uh, uh, Little Filmmaker Cutlet. Cause little Filmmaker it. Cutlet. I was thinking Sparkle Cutlet, but I'll take Filmmaker Cutlet. Well, you don't get to choose your own name. I don't get to choose mine, so that's fair. <laughs> you're just you're just little. You're you're really good at being small. Yeah, you are, <laughs> you are notably small, I will say. Uh, miniature, I, perhaps. Miniature, yeah. I do not appreciate the comments on my size, but <laughs> I do understand that. I mean, your name is kind of a comment on your size. I never thought of it that way. Oh, <laughs> is, sorry. Is, is Lil short for like Lillian? Lily? No. No, it's short for little. It's just Lil. L I L. Possibly. Lil Cutlet. <laughs> so, how did you guys end up living in an abandoned bus? Is that just how, where you've always lived? It's just where I was born in. Oh, how? how, how is, 
why 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 live in a bus not maybe not like a like a house or a trailer or apartment or something this is just the way that i was grown up living I, you never question it no i never question it too much i've been questioning it lately because i'm about ready to leave i'm the oldest cutlet and i, I want to get oh, out you're, you're the oldest cutlet yeah i'm little cutlets i'm the oldest oh, i would have expected you to be the youngest why because you're little cutlet Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm little oldest cutlet. <laughs> little oldest cutlet. Is that your middle name, oldest? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I just turned 21 today. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. Congratulations, Thank you. little cutlet. Are you doing uh, some drinking for your birthday? Yeah, I got myself a, a, a bottle of barefoot wine. Wow. Barefoot wine. Classy. Yeah. Found yeah. it out at the junkyard. That's my backyard. What I love that for you. What what kind of uh, barefoot wine? Oh, it's bubblegum flavored because I put a whole <laughs> bubblegum in there and I shook it around. That's so smart. Honestly, flavored wines really should be making a comeback anytime now. Yeah. Thank you. Really I'm going to have my own wine. I'm going to have all my own brands. It's going to be Little Cutlet brand. Wine for children feels very European, Little Cutlet. Very <laughs> evolved. I want to go to Europe. I want to see the world, but I've just been here stuck on this damn school bus. So how long have you been making music for? Oh, it's been about six months or so. Oh, oh man, you're really good for someone who's only been making music for six months, I feel like. Yeah, it's just been kind of a thing where we don't really have a lot of music, a lot of art that's been happening on the bus. It's not yeah. something that I've been exposed to too much. The bus but, isn't active. You can't drive the bus. No, I, uh, you can drive it. You can try to drive it. I've never gotten to drive it. We don't really drive it too often, except to maybe go over to the 7-Eleven, but you can kind of walk there. Mm-hmm. You drive your home to the 7-Eleven. That's incredible. Thank you. I wish I could do that. Thank you. Yeah, well, some, you know, we all have our own unique experience. I yeah. bet. I mean, I'm just thinking about the possibilities. You could have McDonald's handed to you in bed. Piping hot, you know, you just roll up to that, uh, to that drive-thru window, open up your little bus window and say, sir, I want my, my quarter pounder with cheese, please. That sounds pretty good, but I don't really eat McDonald's that often. I mostly just eat my Nana's cooking. What does your Nana cook? She makes these uh, sweet butter pies on Sundays. That sounds nice. You know, things are going good. Little cutlet. Now I want you to know you're you're you sound like a country woman. My grandmother is a country woman, and um, my grandmother actually, when I was little, would go outside with her little pellet gun, and she would shoot squirrels, and she would skin them and fry them up, and she would try and pass them off as fried chicken. Oh. Um, this is a true story. I believe you. Um, little cutlet. Have you ever had any experience with fried squirrel or your family trying to pass off certain kinds of food? Has, does Nana try and do anything like that? Oh, uh, well, I, I just want to say that that sounds pretty good. and sounds like you had kind of like a nice, uh, some nice dishes uh, throughout the week. Like uh, we kind of try to mix things up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday's always butter pie. As long as things are going well. Yeah, by things going well, do you mean like the diabetes and the heart disease? I mean oh. that as long as we got enough uh, butter to go around for the whole week. Oh, that's good to hear. Good, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I was, I had some worries about gout potentially. 
but I'm, I'm very happy to hear that things are going well for y'all. Well, so. um, uh, the rest of the week, we're, it's just kind of up to uh, ourselves to go around and scrounge what we can. So I enjoy that. I kind of make games out of it. Yeah. What are, what are some games you play? Well, some games I play is like uh, throw a stone at a crow until you catch it. Love until you catch the crow? Until you catch the crow, and then that's your dinner. Oh, that sounds awful. Yeah, well, it's not awful if it's a game, because games are fun. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's uh, so, so, Lil Cutlet, what, uh, what inspired you to start making music? That's a good question. I, well, like I said, we never really had music too much around the bus, but uh, one day I was kind of out at the uh, junkyard, and I was skipping stones, uh, and I noticed that the stones all made different kind of sounds depending mm-hmm. what she would skip them on. So like if I skip my stone off of an old uh, truck, for instance, that would have a different tone, a different pitch. Are you familiar with those terms? Like yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I would have like a different tone or pitch if I skipped it off of my brother Cutlet, for instance. <laughs> Your brother Cutlet? Yeah, if I skipped it off of his head, uh-huh. that would have like a different kind of tone, like a, uh-huh. a deeper, meatier kind of tone. Pitch. Sure. Yeah. So that was kind of what inspired me. Um, my nana also would sing us some songs, some lullabies when when we were when we were growing up. So. Wow. Uh, so what you have uh, um, your your single cutlet or low cutlet. Um, and I think we would love to hear it if you're, if you're willing to play it for us. Yeah, I'll play it. It's a, it's a little ballad, little ballad yeah. that I've been working on. Um, yeah, a little cutlet, little ballad. My goal with my music is just to make something that is relatable for most people. Yeah. So my dream is to go out to Nashville and to get discovered. Yeah. It, it's every country music. Little cutlet, I, I believe, personally, I believe in you. Well, thank you, Sam. That means a lot, considering I got no love from my family. So this song is very, is what you're saying, is the song is super relatable. Uh, anyone can relate to it. Yeah, that's the goal. That's okay. The goal. Awesome. So here is Lil' Cutlet with Lil' Cutlet. Some days on the school bus It got you feeling like a fool bus no butterflies inside. You know you gotta do the right thing when your undiscovered talent is holding you back. Your papa cut that looks on shining his gun rack. You know there's only one thing left to do. That steal your family savings and the school bus too. We're going to Nashville. Woo! We're going to Nashville. Look, Cutlet, where the grass is greener and the money is too. And everybody knows your name. We're going to Nashville. Hooey! We're going to Nashville, little cutlet edition. I'm tired of living out front of the 7-Eleven. Oh, instead I'm going to take us to that place called Heaven Moon. 
Execute your plan in the dead of night. Chloroform you now, she don't put up a fight. Your sister cutlet wakes up, so you chloroform her too. Oh, chloroform your family, it's the right thing to do. We're going to Nashville. Woohoo! We're going to Nashville. Where the grass is greener and the money is too. And everybody knows your name. We're going Nashville. We're gonna get discovered in Nashville. Oh, no more family-sized hot pockets for dinner. Oh, Lil Cullet's gonna be the big breadwinner. Oh. Seven hours in and they're sleeping tight. When everybody wakes up, you see such a sight. Butter pies stretch as far as the eye can see. And it's all because of me. Woo! Yeah. Woo! That was oh my God. excellent. Little cutlet, I have not been so moved by a song in a minute. That was, yeah. I mean, really, really moving. It made me feel something. Yeah. <laughs> what did it make you feel? Um, it made me feel a lot of joy. Um, I could not, you, you chloroform your Nana. I was so on board with that for you. I love that perseverance, that drive um, in your personal journey. So, um 20, I mean, 2020 is the year to chloroform your Nana, I think. Uh, I will say, uh, I loved it. Beautiful song, uh, truly. Um, you mentioned that you want the song should, the goal for the song is to be very relatable. Yeah. Uh, just a note, uh, I would say that this uh, that song was very specific to you. <laughs> and I just, I just don't see, uh, I don't see how I couldn't relate to it. Uh, Little Cutlet. I completely disagree with Michael here. Um, I'm going to be the Paula Abdul on this little uh, this little judges panel. Um, I thought it was incredibly relatable. I have uh, certainly wanted to chloroform my Nana before. God rest her soul. Um, I I I get it. Sometimes you do just want to knock your family out and steal all their money and go to Nashville in the middle of the night. I, I guess I can see that. I've been there. I mean, I, little cutlet. I've been there. Yeah, sometimes you just, it's never too late to follow your dreams. Mm -hmm. And Michael, what I would have to say to you is, are you a big time producer in Nashville? No. Okay. <laughs> well, your, opinion, your opinion doesn't really matter. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I also, um, I think I understand why your family might not like your music so much. Uh, because it seems like the, the music that you write is um, about killing them or chloroforming them at the least. It's just because I want to get them to a better life. And mm. yes, they were angry that we woke up in uh, Nashville. Oh, so this is a true story. This happened. I thought yes. this is an aspirational. Well, it was an aspiration that came true when I executed my plan. <laughs> I see. Okay. Instead of that. But I... They were angry. They were very angry with yeah. me. But I'm just trying to do this so that we can all, all 16 of us, have a better life. Yeah, that's fair. 
so you made it to Nashville, uh, and uh, but you you haven't been discovered yet by uh, by any major music producers. Well, no, but it's only been twenty four hours. Give it some time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you got it. I think you have what it takes. Uh, I was certainly thoroughly. I certainly thoroughly enjoyed that song. Well, thank um, you. Yeah, please don't mistake my my criticism for dislike because that is certainly not the case. Well, in our family life, uh, we've always said uh, criticism means that you hate the person and you don't want to get to know the person any <laughs> any deeper. That's not true. That's not in in my case. That's not a, that's not the case at all. Are you calling my papa cut little liar? Uh, I mean, in the, I, don't, I wouldn't say he's a liar. I'd say that he's, uh, in this particular situation, he's, um, he might be a, a, um, miscalculated. It just might be wrong. I don't really know that word in terms of, <laughs> in terms of my papa cutlet, but I'll trust you, Michael. I, it seems like you're fuming a little bit. It seems like I'm, you a, little, might- I'm a little angry. You could say little cuz a little angry. I'm sorry. I, I really didn't. My family. I my really family. didn't mean to upset. I, I didn't mean to offend. Oh boy. Am I being harsh, Sam? Am I? Am I, being I too- think I can really smooth this all over um, with some words from immortal comedy legend Bill Cosby. Oh, uh, God. It's easier if you knock him out. I don't know if he said that, but I, I assume he did at some point. Um, everything's easier when you knock him out. So that, you know, those are my thoughts. You know him personally. Can I? Would you be able to help? Me? Do you think he could help me get get in touch with somebody in Nashville? I can certainly find the number for the correctional facility for you. Yes, absolutely. God bless you, Sam. Thank I, you, Cutlet. I strongly urge that you you don't uh, contact Bill Cosby. I don't think you know what it takes to have what it takes. <laughs> I, I just think that it's probably just in your best interest. I'm just looking out for you, little cutlet. All right, all right. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, man, uh, little cutlet. I I will say, I just doesn't seem like you you um. It, it's it, I'm I'm just worried that you don't seem to take criticism very well, which I I, I recognize is in itself a criticism. Uh, I take criticism well. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> Every time that I say anything, it's a, it seems like a personal affront. And I'm only saying because a, a big-time music producer in Nashville is going to be a lot more critical than I am. I'm just a podcast producer in Detroit. Well, Michael, let me ask you another question. Sure. Are you a big-time producer in Nashville? No, but I am. I, I know. I recognize that. I mean, look at Simon Cowell. He is a big-time music producer, uh, and he is – famously critical um so i worry that if you went in front of someone like simon cowell and performed and they had uh i'm sure that they would have more nuanced critiques than i would how would you be able to handle that i i would just like to pop in here for a moment little cutlet and say um that by the transitive properties of simon cowell's approval um simon cowell thinks you're a star oh and i can i I can, I can, I can say that. So before you answer Michael's um, terrible question about how someone might try and dull your sparkle in a big city, um, I just want to say, damn, little cutlet, damn. 
Thank you. I don't think that there's going to be a scenario in which case, I mean, I just came on and I will say right away, you, you're complimenting me. You're telling me how much you like my music. All right. And I came on here humble. I said, I'm an aspiring superstar. Okay. Yeah. I'm an aspiring. Yeah. Okay. And you're the one feeding me all these compliments. All right. And I don't uh -huh. let my head get big. Okay. I'm just it's defending cool. myself and I'm just defending my family and where I come from. Okay. <laughs> I'm well, not angry. I'm not. I just need to finish my slice of butter pie in peace. Yes, God damn it. Look, little Cutlet, I'm sorry. I, you think I, you're better. You no. Think you're better. No. He's better than everybody else, Michael. No, no. He's the only one who understands me. I truly believe that you have what it takes to be the next big country music superstar. I'm I, taking away your name. You're taking away my name? You're no longer a cutlet. Uh, uh, what? You're no, no longer, longer a cutlet? microphone cutlet. What? I'm, I am like the, your biggest fan. I've been listening to your demos all week. Look, I think we should have mercy on Michael. You know, he's just, he's, he's confused Cutlet. He's confused Cutlet. Okay. I, you know what? I like you saying, I'll, yeah. I I'm not, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with your music. I'm just pointing out that, never mind. I don't want to, <laughs> I feel like I'm more, I'm, I'm on the good side of, I'm on your good, getting on your good side again. I don't want to compromise that. Yeah. Don't, don't mess this up. Okay. <laughs> Well, uh, we're getting close to the end of the show, guys. But before we do, I have a very fun game uh, that I would like us to play. This game is called... Ba -da -ba -da. Yes, these are real. What is this cult deal? Da -da 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 -da. Uh, I love this game. I played it with my life. <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically, this is a, a trivia, uh, multiple choice game on, on different cults, weird, obscure cults from around the country and the world. Um, so you guys will each go one at a time, uh, and then the winner, uh, let's see, the winner will get to, uh, get a, uh, country record music deal. How about that? Oh my God. Cause it turns that. out I am a country, uh, a, a big Nashville music producer. So I love that. I'm a Snatchville music producer. Oh, um, Cutlet, I take everything I say back about you. Understood. You know, all you knew that I was just before was that I was just some fat, schlubby podcast host from Detroit. Turns out I'm a, a big national music producer. I didn't oh. know people were so good at disguises. Yeah, yeah, I, I have. Michael, may I request that if I win instead of a country music deal? I receive just a nice, warm, beaming, intimate smile. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. So, so if uh, Lil Cutlet wins, she wins a multi-million dollar record deal. Uh, <laughs> all the radio and, and television and, and uh, you know, all that stuff. And if you win, you get a big smile. Well, no, but it's got to be intimate, you know? Like, it oh. can't just be, it's not just a big smile. I said, like, a warm, beaming. Okay. Like, intimate like person like a personal smile sure okay 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 so let's Has the game started not yet is there anything you'd like to say before the game starts 
No, it's just I'm excited for games. I like, <laughs> like I said, I like to play games. All right, we'll we'll let you go first then, Lil Cutlet. Since you're so excited. All right. Have you go first? All right. Question one: The Freedomites were formed in 1902 in Saskatchewan by Russians escaping religious persecution. Which of these four things are not? Which one of these four things is not part of their core beliefs? Okay. A. Communal living. B. Nudity. C. Polygamy. Or D. Anarchy. Three of those things they believe in, one of them they don't. Well, I know it can't be communal living because uh, I know that that is a beautiful thing. Uh, what was the other options? I'm going to go with D. D, anarchy? Anarchy. Okay. Uh, the correct answer is actually C, polygamy. I feel like uh, you're criticizing me right now. No, <laughs> just so you know that your answer is wrong. Uh, and remember, I am a big Nashville music producer, so my crit- criticism is valuable. Okay, all right. Uh, their uh, core beliefs are communal living, nudity, and anarchy. Uh, they became most famous for their all-nude public demonstrations to show opposition to the material tendencies of society. And in the 20s and 30s, they even burned and bombed a whole slew of public buildings, while naked, of course, to show their disdain for the government. Freedomites. I love that for them. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Sam, uh, you have a chance to, to take the lead here. Uh, question two. Uh, Honohana Sanpogyo is a Japanese sect whose founder believed he was the reincarnation of Jesus and Buddha. Uh, he believed that uh, they believe that they can... Who can do both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they believe they can diagnose followers' problems by simply examining their what? A. B, irises, C, star charts, or D, singing voice? I mean, okay, so let me like lay it out for you. So like feet feels very um, like Middle Eastern, Jesus watching, washing the feet. Um, and also like the Japanese, like they love, they love feet. Uh, they have like the obsession with feet, um, but star charts also feels very, very, very something to me. Um, I don't know. I just I had a real gut feeling. Was it? Is it feet? Is it's, it feet? Is feet your final answer? Feet is my final answer. Yes. That is correct. It is feet. Yes. They were referred to as the foot reading cult, uh, according to his methods, the founders' methods. Traits like short toes indicate a short temper, and fat toes mean your life would be filled with good fortune. Wow, uh, my life is going to be filled with good fortune. Uh, however, that was turned out to be a ruse unraveled when followers uh, fought back against the steep $900 fee he charged for each inspection. I mean, look, I do foot stuff for free. So if people are paying this dude for foot stuff, then, like, good for him. Fair enough. You know? Fair enough. All right, Sam, you have the lead, but uh, Lil Cutlet, you have an opportunity to tie it all up. Um, Michael, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, how do we know you're telling the truth? You can Google it. <laughs> okay. These are all on the internet. Um, <laughs> all right. Question three. 
The movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments was a breakaway movement from the Roman Catholic Church and revolved around the strict adherence to the Ten Commandments as a means to avoiding damnation in the apocalypse. They had some odd tenets, though, including weekly fasts and outlawing of sex and what? A. Gas grills B. Soap C. Toenail clippers or D. Blankets That's a long question. I do remember that Ten Commandments was in there. Uh, I'm gonna right. The core part is just what they had. What were their odd tenets? They outlawed sex and what else? Gas think, grills, soap, toenails, clippers, blankets. I think that is soap. Cur- uh, B. Uh, final soap. answer. Yeah, that's my final answer. That is correct. Yep, it's actually soap. <laughs> uh, they, they uh, which is uh, quite a combination, outlawing sex and soap. Look, here's the thing. Like little cutlet. And I both got questions we can relate to. I relate to foot stuff. Lil Cutlet relates to not using soap. Wow. That was a strong assumption. Yeah. That was <laughs> correct. Yeah. Just something about the Cutlet family makes me think that y'all just aren't really soap people. We're more like Ten Commandments people. Yeah. Yeah. You know? All right, final question. And this one, I will get each of your guys, you guys will each guess which one of you think is the right answer, okay? All right. So, Rayalism was founded in 1974 by a French race car driver. Uh, They teach that human life was created intentionally by a bunch of aliens. Yeah, I love that for them. their values are generally pretty agreeable, advocating for world peace, democracy, nonviolence, and a liberal view of sexuality. However, they have a weird side too. For instance, they once claimed that A. They successfully cloned a human being. B. That oranges are mind control devices created by the Illuminati. C. Airplanes are a hoax. Or D. Heaven is Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> well, I know it's not B because heaven is Nashville. <laughs> okay. Oh boy, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with A. That they successfully created a cloned a human being. Yeah, because that's something I wish that I could do. All right, Sam, what is your what's your answer? Honestly, I'm so tickled by it. Atlanta, Georgia is heaven. Uh, all right, final answers. Final answer is D. Yes. Uh, the correct answer is A. They successfully no, cloned really? a human being. Yes, in 2002, they announced that they had genetically produced the first human clone, a baby girl genetically identical to her 30-year-old mother. However, they were never able to prove it, and they became very unpopular with the Catholic Church and even <laughs> South Korea, who banned them from entering the country. Incredible. Yeah. Oh. Uh, although heaven is, in my opinion, Atlanta, Georgia. I love that. You know, shout out to the ATL. If y'all want to support us, you have a budding film scene. Yeah. <laughs> Let well, us know. Uh, Will Cutlet, you are officially signed to my record label. <gasps> oh my gosh, I can't wait to get started. Congratulations. It's going to be a multi-record deal. Uh, very exciting. Very exciting prospects ahead for you. Okay, cool. I just got something going on on Tuesday. Oh, oh okay. Well, that's fine. I, I am pretty. I'm pretty free for the foreseeable future. All right. And uh, Sam, I know you didn't win, but I just want to give you this. 
Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, baby. Oh, I'll smile for you. That filled me up with such warmth and joy, Michael Dupree. It is such a pleasure to see you on camera, to hear those dulcet tones. I mean, wow. What a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you for coming on. That's how we play. Yes, these are real. What is this called? Steel. And that is how we do the Michael Dupree Variety Hour. Uh, thank you, Lil Cutlet, for being on the show today. Thank you. Is there anything you would like to uh, plug? Anything you'd like to promote? Uh, I just want to plug my new album, which I assume will be coming out very, very soon under the Michael Dupree uh, Podcast Record Company. Yeah, that's what we're called. Uh, and Sam, uh, where can people find more from you? You can find more from me at Trant Transon on Twitter. Don't follow it unless you're weird. Um, or more importantly, please go give Pitch Please Film a like on Facebook. Yeah. Thank you guys both so much for being on the show today. Uh, everyone stay healthy, stay safe, stay inside. Uh, and come back next week when we will have singer-songwriter Anthony Retka on the show. Bye! Bye! The Michael Dupree Variety Hour is powered by Pinecast and is a member of the Planet Ant Podcast Network. If you like what you heard today, give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined. And uh, follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>